This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. If you're going to love a beautiful black woman, she is the t- she's the top. She's the peak. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. I have to say, you know, I know that uh, right before you went on vacation, we did an interview um, regarding reproductive rights. Uh-huh. And you remember the person was from Chicago, the woman that we talked yes, to. Yes, I do remember. Well, it I was ended- that telehealth, right? Yes. yes. And yes, I yes. ended up watching the documentary that she recommended on HBO Max called The Janes. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. It is Really? Did you watch it last night? Or like no, watched I, it a while back? I watched it this past weekend and yeah. I meant to say something about it yesterday. It is really a fascinating exploration about what people will do when their back is against the wall and it's time to survive. And these women wow. were womening in Chicago, like total mob mafia. You need an abortion called Jane. <laughs> like they were, it is such a wild story. It's on HBO wow. Max. So I strongly encourage, happy Pride Month, but I strongly encourage everyone to check that I out. I mean, that's a queer issue. That's a pride issue. Well, yeah, some yeah. of the women were, yeah. were lesbians. So. Wow, I love that. Thanks so much for that recommendation. Keep them coming, by the way, if you have other things. I have. I have one that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in the show um, that I've been kind of uh, ruminating on. You know, the new Queers Folk Oh, yes. Reboot. Which is, why did, they, why did they put that on Peacock and not on Showtime? I have thoughts. Um, Now, coming up (laughs) on today's show, we're having lots of great conversations today about what this tax holiday means for us, as well as the Supreme Court's decision on guns in New York, which has pissed me off. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, What Biden is going to protect queer, um, you know, what Biden's going to do to protect queer and trans folks. And we have a New York Times bestseller author, Gabby Dunn, to talk about how the LGBTQ plus community is affected by financial distress. No, literally, the Supreme Court has irritated the mess out of me. And you know what? We're going to have to deal with them for the rest of our lifetime. Uh, and it's the worst. I, it's From here going forward. We got to put a cap on it because a lot of them too old to even understand to have comprehension skills. But let's talk about it. It's yeah. time for the top of the hour news. This is also quite strange, you all, because I'm not behind the board. Producer Shelby is slaying it. It's like old times. Ding, ding, ding. Hi, Producer Shelby. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right, top of the hour news. Let's talk about it. Today, the Supreme Court struck down a New York gun law that places restrictions on carrying a concealed gun outside the home in a 6-3 decision. This is the uh, widest expansion of gun rights in a decade. President Biden, New uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and New York Governor Kathy Hochul have all spoken out in disappointment. Here's actually what Governor Hochul had to say. I'm prepared to call the legislature back into session to deal with this. We've been in contact with the leadership. We're just looking at dates. Everyone wants a little bit of time to digest this. But I will say we are not powerless in this situation. We're not going to cede our rights that easily, despite the best efforts 
of the politicized Supreme Court of the United States of America. I'm sorry this dark day has come. Mm. They were supposed to go back to what was in place since 1788 when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envision the high-capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields. Not muskets. I'm sorry. It, you, you know it takes about 10 minutes to load a musket. Not muskets. It takes about 10. You got to get that pipe cleaner and shove that gunpowder that down gave, there. Uh, that was a flashback to when we used to go on field trips to plantations back in the day, and they would Which have those. I will never. I'm gagging when you're talking. Mean, oh, my I'll God. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. yeah, he had his home was in Nashville. And that's we would go there all the time wow. and see the slave quarters off oh to the side. Oh my gosh, that and, is but when I'm chilling. when you're younger, you don't really realize right, you it. don't. You don't. But now I'm like I could never go back. Like to how that. dare I just want to know about Jenny Thomas. I'm tired of all this riffraff. Yeah, so we're talking to the Washington <laughs> Post about the Supreme Court's uh, decision. Um, yeah, I'm just livid about that. Even, uh, but let's move on. After months of delay, uh, Ga- uh, Governor Gavin Newsom sent quote walking while trans loitering law a repeal and. This uh, comes, uh, it's a bill that decriminalizes loitering for adults while uh, with the intent to engage in sex work is being sent this week to Governor Gavin Newsom and it's a sign into law. Now, such criminal codes have been referred to as, quote, walking while trans laws due to um, police using them to arrest trans women who engage in prostitution in order to make a living. But not even that. Like, if you just walking. I do know. It's literally just walking. I literally know of cases, not really here in L.A., but back home in Chicago. Yeah. Of if you're a trans woman and you are visibly trans, which is so annoying, uh, and, and you so much have on a Sports bra and some sweatpants walking down the street. You you can throw in the paddy wagon, sis. You are, unfortunately. Now, um, Newsom has 12 days to either sign or veto uh, once he receives it. If the bill does become law, then in California would join the state of New York in repealing its loitering laws. All right, so we're going to talk about a little bit later and more top of the hour news about the U.S. Supreme Court's protecting police from Miranda lawsuits. But we're going to go into the T-Report. What's happening over there, I sis? just was thinking about the stop and frisk in relation to that trans law. It's yeah. kind of akin to that. It most well, definitely is. Speaking of stopping and frisking, Dave Chappelle oh, has uh, declined to have have his former high school and it's, it's theater named after him due to student backlash. Now, I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, but Dave went back to his high school. And they booed the mess out of him. Not only did they boo him, they obliterated him. <laughs> Those students got a hold of the mic and they dragged Dave Chappelle by his nose hairs all up and down that auditorium. Um, and wish he had something to say about it. And, w- and dared him to say something yeah, about it. Yeah. So he declined. Instead, he will make an, an $100,000 donation to the theater, and it will be titled The Theater of Artistic Freedom and Expression, ironically. But he, d- okay, well, all right. I just want to know who proposed this. Like, whose idea was it to name it after Dave Chappelle? So, because he, I mean, obviously he went to high school there. The most famous alumni, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, and so I can see why. But, but also still, now, it's just like, like, it's like a bad taste to your mouth. Well, Chappelle told USA Today that the, the criticism, quote, sincerely hurt me. Irony, Cam. Irony, Cam. Not he was hurt yeah, by criticism. I'm so hurt, but I can dish it, but I can't take it. And then he also went on to say that everything was about gender. They didn't say anything about his art. It was all about <laughs> gender. Um, so, yeah, you know, he got widespread criticism. And I'm so glad. I really am glad that he declined this because yeah. I mean who has time for this I know imagine being trans going to that high school and now it's time for you to do the play Oklahoma <laughs> 
First and you got to tell people. Let's talk about why they're doing the play Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what? Or Maddie's play from Euphoria. <laughs> yeah. And it's got to be at the Dave Chappelle Theater. So it's, it's annoying. All right. You got more T Report coming up all I do. throughout the show. Stick I around do. for that for top of the hour. Now, coming up next, this three month tax holiday that President Biden is trying to get, um, you know, for it to help us with inflation and gas prices. It, will it actually help? What is it? What is actually going to happen? Will it be even pass? We have President Biden. I mean, not President Biden. <laughs> What if I said President Biden is coming on the show next? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to have to tell you when we when we leave. So we're about to go. Bye, y'all. Yeah, bye. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. So President Joe Biden yesterday called on Congress to pass legislation that would create a federal tax holiday on gas and diesel fuel for three months to lower prices at the pump. This pause would trim 18 cents off of a gallon of gas and 24 cents for diesel. Here is what President Biden had to say. So let's be honest with one another. My message is simple to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers, the American people, they need relief now. So let me summarize. Today I'm calling for a federal gas tax holiday, state gas tax holiday for the equivalent relief to customers. All right. Well, joining us to break all this down is the, you know, multi-hyphenate. You know him from Fox News, but also he is an uh, economics expert. Richard Fowler, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so it's really interesting because I really want to know what this actually means for everyday consumers versus the oil industry. Can you kind of break this down for us? Sure. So, I mean, look, a three-month relief in the gas tax, to be honest with you, is there's no other way to put it. It's a gimmick. Uh, And, you know, like, so yes, what it will do in the short term, potentially, because it's unclear what would actually happen, right, is it would potentially alleviate 18 cents off of every every gallon of gas. But whether or not those, those savings will be passed on to consumers is unclear, because an owner of a gas station could say, well, I'm going to keep that 18 cents for myself. Or the oil company selling the gas to the gas station could say, "Ah, well, we're going to raise gas. We're going to raise the price of gasoline by 18 cents or gas prices, because we see, as we know, every week, gas prices continue to increase. Gas prices might not even feel at 18 cents. And what happens at the end of August, if this actually becomes law, is that the tax will go back into place. And so what will end up happening is we'll actually see gas prices increase by 26 cents because of just the market impact of having a reprieve of 18 cents. So that's a complicated way of saying for those listening that this will have no effect on the increasing price of gas prices. <laughs> yeah, just overall, I was reading that on average, we'd save $13 a month, which could be make or break for some people. So I don't want to diminish that. But in the name of inflation, how will this, if at all, impact the inflation crisis or the looming, you know, our word recession? So anybody who's estimating that we can save up to $13 a month, I think that is, that's an estimate. And I think that estimate is probably on the generous side. I mean, it's just unclear how much you would actually save because you're putting this, 
this is not a direct tax holiday that directly goes to consumers because the gas it's not think about it this way Shar. when you go to purchase gas Mm -hmm. and you get the receipt at the bottom of that receipt it doesn't say how much tax you paid because the tax is sort of rolled into the actual price per gallon it's different like then you know oftentimes you see in various parts of the country they have back to school tax holidays mm-hmm. i remember when i was going to school we had the back to school tax holiday and you go to the register my mom was for my mom was tj maxx ross and marshall's <laughs> and you'd buy all this stuff and then you would see the cashier click a button on the register and you'd see the tax number go to zero that's not what happens at the gas station because the price of the, the tax is actually already rolled in to the price of a gallon of gas yeah. and so you actually wouldn't see it's impossible to determine whether or not a consumer, depending upon the gas station that they go to, will actually see the impact of this particular tax holiday. Yeah, and if you're just now joining us, we're talking with Richard Fowler, who is an um, incredible economics expert. And, of course, he's all over Fox News, being the only one that we kind of trust. The only one with some sense. But um, <laughs> real quick, you know, this legislation would cost an estimated $10 billion. And I always wonder how much that price tag uh, impacts the support that we see from both parties. So that's the other thing to this. For this to actually happen, they would have to pass the United States Congress. Uh, Ryan Char, and that would mean they would need a majority in the House of Representatives, and would also need 60 senators in the United States Senate. Right now, Joe Biden doesn't have those votes, so you can say it, saying it is one thing, it happening is actually something else. So, for those folks out here banking on a gas tax holiday, I got a bridge I can sell you in Alaska. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for breaking this down. We really appreciate it because, uh, honestly, the more stuff that this comes out and just seeing how high hopes uh, President Biden is about this, did we're you, just like, is it true? Is it real? Is it going to happen? Did you know happen? that his approval rating is the lowest that it's been? I, You know, I don't want to talk about that right now, okay. but we will say goodbye to Richard Fowler. Thank you so much for being on the show. Char, what's coming up next? All right, Ryan. Coming up next, the Supreme Court's decision to allow New York residents to carry firearms. What this could mean for other states. Keep it here. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Supreme Court said Thursday that law-abiding Americans generally have a right to carry a handgun outside the home for self-defense, striking down a New York law requiring a special need for such a permit um, and putting at risk similar uh, similar risk similar laws in five other states: Maryland, California, New Jersey, Hawaii, and Massachusetts. Well. Um, to break this down further, because this news after two mass shootings that just happened back to back recently, it's kind of shocking. So we have Ara, uh, Ann Marimo, uh, legal affairs reporter at The Washington Post here joining us now. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. OK, so let's get into this. What are the confines of this decision? Like what is allowed and what isn't? Yeah, so this is the first major Second Amendment uh, ruling from the Supreme Court in more than 10 years. Um, As you said, it applies to New York's law that has made it pretty difficult um, to carry a gun in public places in the state of New York and particularly in New York City. But there are five other states with similar laws, and those are very much now at risk. Uh, And these are states that have other big cities like Baltimore, Maryland, and San Francisco and California. Um, The other major part of the decision is that that it declared for the first time 
um, that there is a constitutional right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home. So not just a right to have a gun in your home to protect you in your home, but also to carry one in public. This is quite terrifying, mainly because self-defense. It makes me think of the whole uh, Trayvon Martin thing that happened, the murder that happened a decade ago with the Stand Your Ground law. Self-defense is so subjective. Like, who's to determine? But what does this mean moving forward if we, you know, we have this collective trauma in this country with these mass shootings And do you think that this move will then encourage more, you know, trauma and and terrorism to happen in this country? So um, the court was divided uh, with the conservatives in the majority and the three liberals dissenting. And that's exactly what Justice Stephen Breyer and his dissent focused on. He actually listed all of the mass shootings um, just in the last year. Um, Since January, there have been uh, more than 275 mass shootings. And he said, you know, state legislatures and lawmakers should be able to consider public safety when passing gun restrictions. And you're seeing the Senate now um, come to a bipartisan gun deal for the first time in many years. Right. And so I, I guess how likely is this, you know, is it that we'll see changes in other states? Because if, you know, one domino falls, the others are sure enough to fall as well. Yeah, so gun rights groups are carefully watching this decision and will be monitoring um, those states with similar laws to see if officials take steps uh, to loosen their licensing requirements. Um, Other questions I have, um, the court said that um, states and cities can continue to restrict guns in what they call sensitive places like schools and government buildings. Um, But what about subways? What about Yankee Mm -hmm. Stadium? Um, The court did not specify what this decision means for those places. And that's what lawmakers will be grappling with as they review this decision and decide what to do next. Sounds like total anarchy to me. I don't know about you. Um, So what else could we see coming from these Supreme Court decisions? We see that, you know, reproductive rights are on the line and, and now this ruling comes down. Do you see this going any further as far as these extreme, what I would call right wing policies? Well, so the composition of the court has changed uh, dramatically. We have um, a more conservative majority with um, three justices nominated by President Trump. And as you say, we're waiting for a major ruling about abortion and another one on climate change. And we'll know more uh, in the next few days. Yeah, and I think what's super frustrating, um, because obviously there's been a lot of conversation about bipartisan uh, gun legislation where both sides seem to be kind of finding some ways of figuring it out when it comes to, you know, federally. But it, it seems like with the conservative Supreme Court, even them and in, in, in being conservative, they're not on the same page as even some most of the Republican Party who are actually willing to figure some things out. So are we going to continue to see that, you know, moving forward when when these type of things continue to pop up in, in the Supreme Court arena? Right. I mean, you are hearing people say that the court is out of step with um, public opinion in the U.S. um, And we'll just have to see, for instance, if uh, Roe v. Wade and abortion rights are pulled back. uh, What do the various states do? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us to break this down. I mean, this decision really probably upset a lot of people, but we really appreciate and hope to have you back on to break this, you know, further as this continues to develop. 
Thanks for your interest. Yeah, of course. So that was Ann uh, Marimo, the legal affairs reporter at The Washington Post. Now, up next, we have to talk about common behaviors that are literally hurting our memory. Yeah, we're switching gears here, but this is kind of interesting. Hmm. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yo, Shar, are you for, like a forgetful person? No, not typically, no. <laughs> I know you you remember dates like you are like a groundhog or something. Yeah. Um, but like, do you like sometimes think in one moment when you're, especially when you're busy, you're like, oh my God, what was I supposed to do in this Oh moment? yeah, I will lose my train of thought. I call yeah. it COVID brain. Why do you I call will, it COVID brain? Because it didn't really start until the pandemic of 2020. Mm. I mean, granted, I got COVID at the top of this year, end of last year, but it's something about being on lockdown that I feel like threw me off of my, off my rhythm. So sometimes I will forget my train of thought. Um, but it's very rare that I forget dates or instances and things like that. And it is honestly, she will remind me of dates that I don't remember. <laughs> um, but no, there's a, apparently there's ten common behaviors that are making you more forgetful. Do you want to know what those are? I do. Okay, so the first one, this feels like duh, but it's like not getting enough sleep. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That Of course. Of course you're not going to remember because you're trying to stay awake. Even though the last two days my sleep has been terrible with a capital T. Honestly, mine was as well. I when I, I ended up going to sleep early, but I ended up waking up around like 2.30 and not going back to sleep until 4. Oh, uh, now why is that? I don't know. Once I got so much, I ended up going to sleep around 8 because I was, I was exhausted. Oh. And then I looked at like what time it was in Tel Aviv and it was like, it was like noon. Gotcha. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still, still experiencing adjusting. like this time thing. Yeah. Um, multitasking. Now for me, multitasking, I can literally forget things while I'm multitasking. Like mm-hmm. I have things where I'm at home and I'll be like needing to like do things or like I'm in the middle of doing something and I'll be like, wait, I'm, what was I just doing? Why I was am, I just doing it? 
And I have to stand there and think about it. I'm so wired that multitasking, like, I'm in my bag. Like, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing, where I'm going. Except, like, if I have to go to the store. Like, I have a dry erase board in my bedroom. And I have to make sure to consciously write things down. Because I, I like... This is going to sound so weird. Please don't judge me. I'm I, already judging you. <laughs> I like compiling lists in my head. And then when I go to Target... <laughs> Queen of responsibility. Yes, really. <laughs> when I go to Target or what have you, and I get everything on that list... I'm like, oh, you you got it, girl. You're that girl. But I hate like if I got to go to Target and I'm like, okay, I know what I'm getting, know what I'm getting. Then when yeah. I step foot in there, it's like, dang, I was supposed to get Listerine and what else? See, I so mean, sometimes that happens. But that for me, I'm not a list person. I will if I need to like really like, like before I, I left, like uh, before I traveled, I most definitely made a list of things that I have to do. Yes. I but like I normally lists. don't do that. When I go grocery shopping, I just go there in the wild. And that's Which how is you why it's so with overwhelming the, with the three hundred dollar bill because you you going haphazard. I, li- I but stand not even for you lists. just don't. So I mean, I feel like creating a list is also about like it's also goes into like oh, especially grocery list. You have to figure out oh well, what am I going to cook? Like what am I going to eat? And sometimes I don't know until I'm there. Okay, so then you just throw in random stuff in the basket, and then, and then it still don't make sense. It still don't make sense. No, seriously, it's like I'll have three bags of Doritos and two things of lettuce, see, see? and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yes. Okay. Also, it says drinking alcohol, not exercising, moving enough, um, being disorganized, having an untreated mental health issue, which mm. that feels like ding, ding, ding. But yeah. thankful for therapy. Yeah, and that's, even though I still forget things. Yeah, that's all nuance. I mean, it sounds like you just got to take care of yourself and maybe sit down and write a list. And I'm old school. Don't I, I, it's very rare that I'll do my list in my notes app. I like pen to paper lists. I am like yeah. a 50 year old woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a sensible woman. I wonder, does any of this resonate with you, producer Shelby? Well, I am a list person, and I'm also a physical list person. My unless girl. I know, unless I'm oh, going, <laughs> unless I'm going to the grocery store because I don't want to bring a piece of my paper girl. around with me. Oh, no, I make lists, but in my notes app for the grocery store, okay. and I erase it as I go. But then also, y'all have to because y'all basically eat like lettuce and things uh, that animals eat, like deer. Uh, like like no, Bambi eat. eats everything outside. <laughs> we eat meals. We yeah. eat full, complete yeah. meals. Yeah. yeah. Says the woman who was just eating a block of. Cheese the other hey, day. Hey, Shelby hey, loves hey. cheese. So, she, Shelby so, loves cheese. She you, loves her dairy. But you didn't see my taco salad this morning that I put together last Ooh. night. So, don't come at me. Well, okay. <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show online. Of course, we'd love to have you keep the conversation going. Next up, more top of the hour news, including what product the FDA is banning in the U.S. Do not go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back another hour in, you know, honey, it's given. Let's go there with Sheer and Ryan. I'm here with Char Jassel, who is filling in for Sheer Lazar, who will be back tomorrow. Allegedly. She'll be back tomorrow. I, it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego with that one? <laughs> you never know where Sheer is going to pop up. <laughs> you know, there are just some things you don't have to say over the airwaves. <laughs> But I'm the one to talk to, so because I probably would have said it as well. I mean, I just don't know. Is she in Montreal? Is she in New York? Is she in Austin? I, d- I cannot keep up with that Anywhere girl. the imaginary money goes, is that's <laughs> where she'll be. Um, we are chatting with New York Times bestseller Gabby Dunn about their new book, uh, Stimulus Wreck, and how financial crises is... Uh, no, just crises are... Mm-hmm. Yeah, why did I say crises? Is, is, is. <laughs> Oh, God. Today has been a struggle for me. I'm just going to preface this. I'm really hitting a wall. But we're doing it. But I like to be honest and transparent with the audience listening. Yeah. You know? 
But yeah, basically, Gabby Dunn is pretty incredible because they talk about how financial literacy impacts the queer community and why it is a queer issue. It is also the 50th anniversary for Title IX, and uh, Biden is making some changes to the law, so we'll be covering that in about 30 minutes. But right now, let's get into top of the hour news. So, uh, the United States House of Representatives has passed a bill bringing the country's code into the uh, 21st century, clarifying that women and LGBTQ plus people can run for president. What? Wait, that was a rule? What? You know, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Nothing surprises me anymore. So, BNN Newsroom explained that a a small former section of code defined, quote, immediate family as a president or former president's wife or widow, which has now been amended to spouse or surviving spouse, um, before this legislation dubbed the 21st Century President um, President Act, women and LGBTQ people could still run for and become the American leader. However, the specific language of the United States Code had not been updated. Here is Chairman Gerald Nadler's opening statement on this. This is interesting news. Nearly 50 years after the Stonewall Uprising, there is still no federal law that explicitly prohibits millions of lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender Americans from being denied medical care, being fired from their jobs, or thrown out of their homes simply because of who they are. It is time Congress changes that. Today, the judiciary considers H.R. 5, the Equality Act. This is long overdue legislation that will explicitly prohibit discrimination against LGBT and gender nonconforming Americans and will strengthen non-discrimination protections for women and others. (coughs) All right. So uh, moving on, e-cigarettes are going to be banned in the U.S. According to the Wall Street Journal, they're reporting that the FDA is gearing up to order Juul e-cigarettes to remove its products from the market following a two-year investigation. Now, why is that? Is this is was Juul the one with the K2? Remember, it was like the synthetic. I think it was like synthetic marijuana that had people. Remember, we saw images and videos of people in New York looking like zombies because <laughs> no, of these things. I don't think this is it. Uh, all my friends had jewels. I mean, they were just like little vapes. That so wait, why get rid tobacco. of these? Why get rid of these and not Marlboro Light? Well, Jewel landed in the FDA's uh, sites four years ago when its fruity flavors, hip marketing, and <laughs> sleek design were <laughs> blamed for fueling a surge of underage vaping. The company since then has been trying to regain the trust of regulators by stopping sales of sweet and fruity flavors, but that didn't prove to be enough for the FDA. We're actually going to be talking more about this with Dr. James next hour. Oh, because cigarettes are disgusting if you have just a regular cigarette, but if it's watermelon flavored, now you're in seventh grade puffing. It was one thing, those like tobacco commercials for like kids when we were growing up with the woman with the hole in her neck they, and, they, and then now they, it's like you know the the fruity flavors is like is what attracting folks the bubblegum the woman with the hole in her neck rattled me yeah she rattled me too even though i have a fun cigarette story uh, i'll tell it at a different time <laughs> yes okay so the cdc is reporting uh quote one of the worst outbreaks of um oh my god meningitis a disease among gay and bisexual men in u.s history and recommends men who have have sex with men, specifically those in or traveling to Florida, get vaccinated against the disease. How about you just stay in Florida? No shade. I'm sorry. I should probably shouldn't have said that. But anyway, Florida deserves everything Florida gets. Well, the people, not everyone in Florida is terrible. Well, I can't help it. Florida has the wildest stories. Yeah, they do. So I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Florida's fault for the bad rap that it gives everybody living and in Florida. And Santa's. 
Yeah, so the explosion of cases in Florida started earlier this year now, and, and now numbers at least 24 among gay and bisexual men with seven deaths, which is really oh, sad. Gosh. The mortality rate for uh, meningitis disease is historically 10 to 20%, but this outbreak puts it at 30%. Wow, that is really sad. It's time for your tea report. Let's uh, move on to this, some pop culture news. This story really does bring me a lot of joy. Uh, Hunter Schaefer, you know, Jules, speaking of Jules, uh, Jules from Euphoria has joined the cast of Lion Gate the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Now listen, Schaefer will play the play Tigress Snow, which is have you ever seen the Hunger Games, by the way, Ryan? Are you on? Of course. Okay, I could never get into it, but I, I I read the books. Oh, you did? You were a Hunger Games book reader? Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, Hunter will play Tigress Snow, who is the cousin of Cornelius, is that the name? Who advises him on everything from his role as mentor to his moral compass, really. The cast already includes Tom Blythe, Rachel Ziegler, John, and Josh Andres Rivera. The prequel film in the franchise, which has grossed $3 billion globally, is based on the best-selling novel that Ryan was just talking about that he used to read. I'm very excited about this. Anytime Hunter Schaefer or any of the girls get work, I, I get excited. And I, I love Hunter Schaefer. She's one of my favorite people on the planet right now. She's just so good. I think she's so smart. And get into her story. I reported on her father last year. She has quite the interesting story. It's supportive, but like I think her dad's a pastor or used to be. It's quite interesting, but you want to stick around. That's the tea report for this hour because coming up next hour, I've been keeping you up to date with all of the Ezra mess, you know, from The Flash, and it's getting even sloppier and even messier. I can't wait for the FBI to close in on this person because it's getting dastardly. Yeah, it's getting bad. <laughs> All right, but coming up next, though, why is financial literacy a queer issue? We have Gabby Dunn breaking it down. Up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, our next guest is with the author of Stimulus Wreck, host of the podcast Bad With Money, and author of a book with the same name, Bad With Money. <laughs> Gabby Dunn is joining us to explain why financial literacy is not only an everyday problem, but it's also a queer issue we should all be paying attention to. Gabby Dunn, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to talk to you. No, I mean, honestly, how many books are you going to write in a lifetime? You're, like, just so <laughs> incredible to, to see why this book. I mean, you've always been so um, kind of passionate about financial literacy, but why this book and why now? Well, my first book, Bad With Money, came out in 2019. And then um, in 2020, uh, I don't know if you guys know, there was a global pandemic. <laughs> Heard about it, actually. missed that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the advice, though, it, it was still uh, relevant. A lot had changed for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about personal uh, decimations, like, you know, someone in your family passes away or you go through a divorce or you have a medical bill, something like that. But we had not anticipated something globally happening on top of our own everyday personal emergencies. Um, and so I wanted to write an update to that called Stimulus Rec, which is a, a play on um, mm -hmm. what went on during the pandemic or did not go on enough. Uh, because while all of this was going on in the entire world, we still were trying to live our regular financial lives. We still had kids. We still had parents to take care of. We still, you know, and things got worse. People lost their jobs. People were evicted. Um, you know, their jobs became incredibly dangerous. Uh, so there were all these kinds of things that happened that were so unprecedented 
that, I felt that I needed to write an update that took into account the realities of people's lives. Because, you know, in the past, uh, these big financial gurus saying, well, just don't get an expensive latte and you'll be able to buy a home. That was (laughs) stupid. But in the wake of the pandemic actually became like, to me, irresponsible and down and like just downright shaming and um, and out of touch. Yes, it's such a capitalistic thing to say. Stop buying avocado toast and buy diamonds instead. I have to know. And that's not what we're doing. Right, the research right. Has shown actually, that's that is that's that's, that's, what, that's what I'm doing. That's what actually. you're doing. <laughs> it explains so much of what I'm Listen, doing. Listen, we can we got to get the simple joys of, in this lifetime. <laughs> exactly, okay, you know. Seems like we're going to hell in a handbasket. But Gabby, so this new book kind of leans into, well, it sheds a light on why financial literacy is a queer issue. Let's talk more about that. Why is it, uh, why is it a queer issue? Well, we know that um, statistically, and actually uh, the Debt Free Guys and uh, Motley Fool just put out a new study, a brand new study last week uh, that is about financial discrimination against LGBTQ people specifically. It's the first new study that's come out since 2015. Um, and they, uh, the Debt Free Guys are two husbands that do a podcast called Queer Money. And I've had them on my show. You can listen to an episode of us breaking it down on my show, Bad With Money, breaking down the whole study. But basically, we face higher rates of financial discrimination than other people. When we walk into a bank to get a loan, we're judged based on who our partner is, based on what we're wearing, based on our gender presentation. Um, you know, I think we it's been seven years since gay marriage. But before that, I mean, there were pensions that we were not able to receive from our partners if they passed away. Uh, We were not put on their health insurance. We were not able to go see them in the hospital. Um, You know, there were all these protections that queer people weren't afforded that are really less than a decade old, brand new. Um, And so uh, I think we're just sort of catching up to even like um, the inclusion of trans health care in in companies, uh, healthcare packages. And in some states, you really can still be fired for being queer. I mean, there's all these kinds of um, you know, they're they're passing laws even more so now, ridiculously. I mean, the, the Don't Say Gay bill and the laws, you know, restricting trans kids. I mean, all of these things uh, have grown politically due to visibility, which is a double-edged sword. But yeah. all of these things are, you know, our own personal financial journeys. And then as a community, we need to be able to have more money in order to fight these laws. We need to be able to donate. We need to be able to do stuff on the ground, Um to help with even stuff that doesn't seem necessarily specifically queer, although I think it is, like universal health care and abortion rights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we, we need to be able to have our own money situations under control so that we can contribute to our communities, mutual aid, things like that, which um, the book talks about, Stimulus Rec talks about the three things that you want, which is, one, to feel fi- financially secure now, two, to feel financially secure for the future and three to be able to help everybody around you yeah and i think that's so important and gabby i could talk to you so much more because there's so (laughs) many things that are coming up for me especially even around capitalism and what we see during pride season Mm -hmm. but maybe we'll have to just have you back to have a part two of stimulus (laughs) wreck if you want to get this book you can literally get it wherever books are sold i mean you could even check one out at the library might might i suggest going to an independent book retailer i would love that i would love that get to a queer one yeah queer bookstore with money for the Bad With Money book, go to an independent bookseller or a queer bookstore. For Stimulus Rec, it's on Scribd, and it's actually free. So oh, if you go to try that. 
Yes, if you go to try.scribd.com slash done60, you can get the ebook and the audiobook completely for free for 60 days. Oh, my God. Gabby Dunn, thank you so much for impacting our lives in the ways that you are doing. We hope to have oh, you back thank soon. thank you for having me. You're so, so wonderful. All right, we'll be right back because actually up next we're talking about the 50th anniversary of Title IX and what is the Biden uh, administration doing to change the landmark law that is coming up. Bye, Gabby. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. On the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the Biden administration proposed a sweeping changes to the landmark law that would bar uh, schools, colleges, and universities from discriminating against trans students. A move that comes as the battle over transgender rights moves to the front of the culture war. So what exactly are these protections and are they coming just a little too late? Joining us now is Mariah Blingett from The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I I think what's interesting and where we probably should start off before we dive into what the Biden administration is doing, talk to us about the origin story of Title IX. Um, Well, so I know that it was signed about 50 years ago by um, Richard Nixon. And since then, it has really its purpose and its interpretation has evolved somewhat. So initially, it was intended to apply to like college admissions. It extended to sports. Um, it has extended to protecting or giving women and women and men and non-binary folks recourse if they're sexually harassed on campus. And now Biden wants to extend it again um, to include trans folks. It's not the first time somebody has interpreted Title IX this way. Some courts have said that Title IX should cover transgender students, and the Biden administration also made an attempt to extend those protections, but. Um, those, that got held up in court. Yeah, it's, it has been 50 years. It was in 1972 that Title IX was introduced and implemented. I'm interested in knowing, is this a day late and a dollar short? You know, earlier this week it was announced that FINA put a ban on, you know, trans women in particular, trans women and girls in particular, in competing in women's sports. So is this is this coming a little too tardy for the party or... Is there still time to massage out some of the conflict that's brewing up around trans people in sports? I think if you're a transgender student, um, it's way too late, obviously. You want the protections now. Um, You want to be protected from bullying now. You want to have access to the bathroom that aligns with your gender identity now. Um, And certainly we are seeing this backlash against transgender and actually the entire LGBTQ community. in state, you know, in state houses, in courts, in other places, um, it seems to be have become sort of a centerpiece of um, Republican of the Republican Party to campaign against LGBTQ communities. Um, so, yeah, in some in a way, um, you know, trans the transgender community has been waiting for a very long time for these protections. Um, and I feel I think, you know, while they applauded this, I'm sure they're feeling like they wish they had it yesterday. Well, yeah, of course. I, I think that's really what we continue to see. And, and like you um, you spoken about is this is at the center of the cultural wars right now. I just wonder with the Biden administration trying to get this done, in what ways are we going to see Republicans immediately shoot this down and stop any ways of this even happening or being covered by the law? Um, it's not clear. I mean, this is we're very, very early in the rulemaking process. 
they just um, they have the proposal today and then it goes through this extensive commenting period. You know, for DeVos, it took 21 months to get her um, proposals into rules. So we don't really know um, how long it's going to take. And I'm unclear, too, on what kind of legal challenges anybody would want to pose at this point when it's not even a part of the law. Um, Certainly, we have already seen Republicans and conservative groups um, assail this proposal and say they say that it's going to endanger women and girls, that um, it it denies basic biology, uh, sort of the same line of arguments we hear um, for people who are arguing against um, accommodations and rights for transgender people. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining the show to break this down. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that was Mariah Balingit, uh, education reporter at the Washington Post. Now coming up next, we actually are talking about can television and streaming survive in the era of TikTok? Ooh. Huh. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So we were going to talk about TikTok and streaming services, but I found something else that's way more interesting. Okay. So former uh, Real Housewives of Beverly uh, Hills housewife, apparently like mother, like daughter, um, they she decided to join OnlyFans, and so did her daughter. They both literally decided to join OnlyFans at Who the same it? time. Denise Richards. Oh God. Denise Richards, after one week, her daughter basically debuted on this thing. Yeah, I did this as a T-report last week. It's so interesting. She and and Charlie were divided and beefing about this, but now it seems that Charlie's on board. Why the hell would Denise Richards do this? Well, Denise is now charging $25 for her own OnlyFans situation thing, which is also crazy because... I think the reason why she left Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was because she was like being prudish about like talking about sex around like yeah children and uh, her kids particularly. Wasn't and, like, she allegedly having threesomes and stuff? Wasn't that part of the the plot line? <laughs> yeah. Like she was like you know freak nasty with it allegedly from what I can remember. Remember me, about that word? I listen. I have yes, I have. The, for those of you listening, I do have the document in front of me. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. But if my memory serves me correct, that was one of the storylines, right? It was. Because yeah, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy Glanville, Brand, yeah, Brandy Glanville came out and clocked uh, her. Yeah, because they had a little bit of a, a, yeah. a romantic moment. According to Brandy. According to the show. So um, Denise basically tweeted out the link saying, ready, here we go, directing her 14 million followers to the link to describe to her wow. her content for $25 a month. My thing is... No. Denise, no, sweetie. Why do you say no? No. Why? I, why can't she do it? I don't like it. Why and, not? Uh, <laughs> and her and her daughter, it's it's so wild. Gross. That her and her daughter are both doing it. And then they... De- like, did her daughter convince her to do it? Gross. I think, what is girl, what I think, is gross about it? I think for me... Name a de- thing. Okay, so this is a personal connection. I think what it is for Denise Richards for me is that she looks like my childhood dentist. So I have to, <laughs> What? <laughs> yes, she looks like... Your childhood dentist... Did, was she in Baywatch? Yeah. So she's like... I mean, your childhood dentist may be, like, the whole, beautiful. The whole dentist office was hot. Wow. I, I don't know what was in the water. Wow. You gotta ask my mother. But yeah, Shout so out to Chicago. I think about that... But then I also, it's just something about the mommy-daughter duo thing that just, ill, <laughs> ill, icky, yuck, 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 yuck. And that's not to say that I know that they're not doing content together yeah. that we know of. Oh, God, please, hey, Char. Hey, hey excuse please, me. Please, Char. However. That, did, oh, that you're fighting space for? Denise, 
Denise, sister, don't do this. Don't do no, this. No, Denise, if you want to, because I know the funds may be short. She's um, not really working. Allegedly, yes. Yeah, I mean, well, when you think about it, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was a major probably source of income for her. And when is the last time she acted? Like in 2000 in a, in a Lifetime movie? Yeah, so like, you know, I mean, if this works, OnlyFans has become a very, um, a, I mean, um, it, it, it creates a lot of... Would OnlyFans? Yes. Why not? Oh, absolutely not. No. Why not? I would not do it. And I know that you all tease me and poke and prod and say And I'm why are you thinking that OnlyFans has to be sexual? Because that's what it's there you, for. No, that's not necessarily true. OnlyFans, there's multiple celebrities have OnlyFans yeah, and it's and, not sexual. And no one's tuning Cardi B has it and she's doing like behind the scenes moments no, with her children. No one's tuning in to watch you flip an omelet in your hour place skillet. No <laughs> one's tuning in to see the making of your show. OnlyFans is And what for if she wants to only. wear lingerie? Like, what's the big deal? Oh, gosh. $25 a month. Would you well, subscribe? Be, it will be interesting to see how the conversation shifts because I know that the small independent creators are already pissed that celebrities yeah. are taking over that platform, especially if they're going to be playing around and, and making omelets for the kids in the morning and charging $25 a month. Producer Shelby, would you, you know? care if your mom got on OnlyFans? Absolutely. <laughs> wow. She's there, my mom. There's so would, many judginess happening right would, now. No, I'm too insecure about myself. Okay. I'm like too worried of the wrong people subscribing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, what are the wrong people? They're giving you money. No, 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 because we mm. ran that one story. Remember, well, sh this is before producer Shelby started working here. Remember we ran that creepy story about the girl who had to block her uncle? Cause he, oh, he, he, oh he, yeah, like, we did saw, talk about that. He saw her only, and, and he, he like comp her. He complimented how. Yeah, he, no. he texted her. No. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts at LGT Show. I don't find it a big deal that Denise wants to make a little extra coin on I the do. side. Denise, Get put, your coin, Denise. Denise, put your clothes on and go to your agent's Shout out office. to the local Republican and sitting here in the Channel Q studio. We'll be back with more Top of the Hour news. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We are back. Another hour of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Um, Shar is here with me. And what were we just talking about? Oh, your Republicanness. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'm very excited to have you know what? diverse you, voices on the see, station. You see the document that the station <laughs> gave us? Because I'm about to head up to legal, okay? <laughs> Diverse station. You better clear it up. Well, you'll hear every perspective on Channel Q because we love to do what? Give everyone a voice. Before you all drag me, <laughs> of course, I'm not a Republican. No. But, but you know, that you've said plenty of times on this station how conservative you are. I can be very conservative, yes. Yeah. Socially. 
There are just certain things. Excuse me if I'm not running around letting my freak flag fly. <laughs> Shout out to Christian Walker. Uh, I just, there are certain things that I, I believe oh, that, that there should be some tact to. This isn't the wild, wild west. Act like you were raised by humans and not by wolves. Wow. You know what? I'm just going to let that everyone sit and marinate with that. Okay. <laughs> Coming up this hour, we're talking about the younger generation this hour, which is going to be fun. <laughs> How teens are using e-cigarettes and are causing them to be banned in the U.S. And we're also talking about canceling teens and how cancel culture is impacting one school where an article by um, The Cut was literally, I mean, it went viral and all the girls were arguing on Twitter about this. So we're going to talk about that. How do you hold them responsible? We're talking about it all this hour. Stick around for that. But right now, let's get into top of the hour news. Ooh, I like that change. That was cute, producer Shelby. So Chicago police officers will no longer be allowed to chase, uh, put people on foot simply because they run away or they've committed minor offenses. This is coming into place more than a year after two um, two foot pursuits ended with uh, officers fatally shooting a 13-year-old boy and a 22-year-old man. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown said he expects the new policy will make the officers and the public safer. Not the officers, when the officers are killing the people. As has happened in other cities with similar policies. I think this policy, without question, hits the right note in balancing uh, officer safety, uh, our ability to capture offenders, but do it in a way that's constitutional. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that in Chicago. Uh, let's move on to the White House. They uh, basically, on Tuesday, today, well, is today Tuesday? No, that was earlier this week. What is today? Thursday? Today is Thursday. Wow, great. Calendar. <laughs> okay, so the White House Tuesday uh, signaled in support of a passage of H.R. 4176, the LGBTQI plus data inclusion act, which was introduced and sponsored um, recently, so this would require federal agencies to improve the collection of data related to sexual orientation, gender identity, and variations in sex characteristics, while safeguarding the privacy and safety of LGBTQIA plus respondents and ensuring that providing information about LGBTQIA plus status is always optional on federal survey. Mm. Moving on to Kellogg. So Kellogg is planning to separate into three independent public companies, sectioning off its iconic brands into distinct snacking, cereal, and plant-based businesses. Shares of the company rose as much as 8% in pre-market trading, but it closed up only 1.9%. The announcement Tuesday comes a decade after Kellogg's $2.7 billion purchase of Pringles, which signaled the company's shift to focusing on the global snacks business with people increasingly eating more often between meals. You know, I'm a girl who hasn't given up on that can of chips. I love a Pringle. I love a Pringle. What's your favorite flavor? I like that. You know, I'm an original girl. Boo. I what in the like, traditionalism? It's coming do, in everywhere. No, I like the salt and vinegar. I also salt like... Salt and vinegar. Any, ding, 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 ding. I like anything hot. I've never been a sour cream and onion girl. That flavor in any chip. I've never been that It gives you bad breath. I mean, but I've never... I, no, I, I like actual sour cream and onion, just not flavored <laughs> chips. But I like salt and vinegar. Oh, you actually like sour cream dip and onions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And on an onion. And just crunch into it. I'm joking, by the way. 
But yeah, I do enjoy a, a regular Pringle, the original in the red can. You can never go wrong. It's so tasty, and they're always salted just right. All right. Well, you've cut into your time of your tea report. Is so this an go endorsement? And talk about your tea report because you have some stuff talking about Ezra Miller, huh? Yes, Ezra Miller is allegedly housing a young mother and her three small children at a Vermont farm, which allegedly is littered with firearms, ammunition, and marijuana. Now, I don't know if I should start a new segment called The Ezra Update and do a little jingle. Oh, God. Because this the is... The Ezra Update! I want to say that this is the gift that keeps on giving, but actually, he's, they're the plague. Excuse me, I don't want to misgender anyone. They're the plague. <laughs> wow, I love that we're finding Mul- respect in the midst of the dragon. It's yes. beautiful. Multiple sources with knowledge of the situation, including the children's father, made accusations to Rolling Stone in an expose published earlier today. Two of the sources expressed concern for the safety of the children aged one to five, alleging that there are unattended guns strewn across the home, which lies on the Fantastic Beasts star 96-acre property in Vermont. How as we're getting money like that. Rolling Stone also Well, claims I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty successful. They, well, they are pre- uh-huh, yeah, pretty gag. So Rolling Stone claims that they <laughs> claims to have reviewed video footage from April that appeared to show at least eight different assault weapons, rifles, handguns scattered. I guess he's, they're exercising their Second Amendment right. <laughs> What's, okay, this is the most troubling aspect Please and then we're going to get up out of here. Story. One source added that the one-year-old once <laughs> allegedly picked up a loose bullet and put it in her mouth. So they're living in squalor. I imagine this to be filth, squalor, and abuse. I'm going to develop a segment, like I said, called the Ezra Update. That's the T report for this hour. The squalor update. The the ghetto. (laughs) That's the T report for this hour. You want to stick around because I got one more juicy story coming up for you next hour. Okay, so well, coming up, we have to talk about the FDA, and they, uh, they're they banning jewels after an increase in underage youth using the devices. Well, Dr. James Simmons is here with us to chat about what these vape devices are actually doing to these children. Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so federal health officials on Thursday ordered Juul, the e-cigarettes, to pull its electronic cigarettes from the U.S. market. That is the latest blow to the embattled company widely blamed for sparking a national surge in teen vaping. Now, I just wonder, it is Jules really the the, the issue here? Is is this shocking news? Well, we have Dr. James Simmons on to join us because you know we love to ask the MP on all things health. Hello. You better ask the MP. <laughs> you see how I did that? I love that. No, but seriously, welcome back to the show. This is so interesting. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts were, why didn't they do this with cigarettes 35, 40 years ago? Because they are um, a, a much, much, much bigger health concern. But once I got, got past my own issues with this in general, you know, I think this is a, a move that a lot of us saw coming. The, the FDA has kind of been cracking down on Juul and other vape. Uh, providers for a while, primarily because they have been sort of specifically targeting teenagers. And there's this massive, massive rise of teenagers, like high school age in particular, uh, users of, of vape products. Depends on the research. The, the statistics kind of differ depending on who you ask, but it's as much as 40% of high school ages are daily users and almost 80% of high school age folks have tried vaping at least once. And that's been very intentional. You know, the FDA and other public health advocates have said like these 
companies like Juul have been very specifically targeting teenagers because if you get them hooked on their nicotine-containing products mm-hmm. early, you might hook them for life. Yeah, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about that one era in the United States. I mean, it was many eras, but when cigarettes were actually romanticized, you know, like in in our media and movies and grease? TV shows. Yeah, but That's you know, they were, grease. they were really romanticized, and I, I just find this interesting. Now, I remember that there were reports about Jules also sparking fires and blowing up and blowing people's faces off, allegedly, from what I can recall. Um, did that play a factor into this decision as well, or is this... Because I know that it's a numbers game, or is this specifically rooted in we want to save the children? Well, it is more say, save the children. It, it is a little bit more motivated by save the children. However, you do bring up a really interesting point because one of the findings that they had here was that the Jewel could not prove to FDA regulators that their cartridges did not leak certain chemicals. So the way that, you know, if those of you who have never vaped or never really seen this, you know, you have like sort of the device and then you have these cartridges that you plug into it. And that's where you get the flavor from and the liquid that turns into vape when you inhale. Well, those cartridges were leaking sometimes. And one of the biggest FDA sort of concerns early on was like, hold up, the chemical that is in there at liquid form when it comes out through the machine as vape, it's one sort of way. But if these cartridges are leaking, that's not actually people are ingesting like other chemicals that you didn't tell us about. So that's sort of in line with Char, what you were talking about, about these things used to blow up in people's faces and things like that. We don't see that as much anymore. Really the biggest issue here is that these companies like Juul are, there's nicotine in these uh, vape products. We still don't know a lot about them, but what we do know is that uh, vaping can cause things like um, really acute lung damaging things like bronchiectasis types of things that are akin to like asthma and bronchitis. Um, Mm. We think that that could be changing people's lung dynamics for life, by the way. Like it could really impact the way the lungs function and work over the long haul. And there's nicotine in them because, and so they're addictive. They also, Juul was arguing for the longest time that as a public health initiative, this was helping people stop smoking, but they also can't prove that, A, it's really helping people stop smoking, and B, that they are any less dangerous than cigarettes. So the FDA was like, y'all got to pull this from the shelves, y'all got to stop making it, and y'all got to pull it from the shelves immediately. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about kind of the effects that it's having on teens when it comes to their health. But is are the, uh, the effects different for, versus a teen and then a full-grown, like, adult that uses a jewel are they worse yeah you know full full grown adult lungs are going to be able to essentially take on damage a little bit better um than than youth remember you're still developing so you know roughly to the age of about 21 or 22 you're still sort of growing so we also know that you know not only just lung function but in terms of like um memory concentration uh, you know, like attention and mood, there's even some thought that, that vaping may have some impact on like um, ADHD and uh, different learning issues. So like if people have dyslexia, things like that, there, we see some associations we have, you haven't been able to call, you know, show proof, but some associations that higher incidence of vaping may lead to higher incidence of some of these learning issues. So just all around not good for t- uh, teens, and kids at all, not good for anyone, but especially not good for the kiddos. And so 
to Shara's point, the FDA is trying to do what they can to save the children. <laughs> I often one, times wonder where they draw the line because I was talking about the documentaries I was watching, and I also watched one. It's a four-part one called Not So Pretty, narrated by Kiki Palmer. It's on HBO Max. But it talks about, like, just how there's no regulation on anything, you know, with, with the beauty industry and how just toxins and poisons are literally everywhere in all of our good Americans. Yeah, stuff. but also, like, <laughs> if these are gone, what's going to stop them from, what, like, getting their hands on hookah or something worse or something there's, like you know ketamine. i always wonder like how to, oh wow you went there um <laughs> i always wonder in the how are we preventing yep. the youth to, to going on to the next thing because guess what the one thing that a teen loves is when you tell them no because they will find a yes okay like a pet they, they will absolutely find a yes and I, <laughs> I you know i worry about that as well and the slippery slope conversation is kind of an interesting one because we do you know people used to use that a lot for keeping weed illegal um, but as we have seen, the research has proven over the years that weed is actually not much of a gateway drug. So if people are, are uh, ingesting or smoking weed, whatever, it doesn't necessarily lead them to do other things. So I do have a exactly. little bit of optimism that maybe if we don't weed have this around, the kids aren't going to go find something else. Um, but remains Wait, to be seen. Doc, it is not. Oh. Don't listen to her. We have to wrap. Thank you so yeah, much, I, Dr. James, for joining. Stay on the line. I got one more question. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Ask, ask the, at Ask the MP is where you can find Dr. James uh, for all the incredible no content. All right. So coming up next, the New York Mac article that is getting a lot of heat on the Internet and is creating some co- interesting conversation, even right here in the studio. We're talking cancel culture and a 17 year old boy who is literally at the I, I don't know what getting canceled. He's getting canceled. That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q. At one high, uh, U.S. high school, a list titled "People to Look Out For" appeared on the wall of the girls' bathroom at a at a at a literal high school. And uh, the cut, um, which is uh, New York Magazine, uh, they wrote about this. It was a cover story, and it was titled "Canceled Canceled at 17: When Kids Make Mistakes and Classmates Never Forgive." I must say that sounds like a, a, a mini series I'd watch. What so, a title! The list was one part of the students' bodies' effort to change how their school responded to reports of sexual harassment, abuse, and sexual assault. Um, but here's here's what like went down. So this boy named Diego, he was dating a girl, and he shared he decided to share her nudes at a party with some friends, and she dumped him and was humiliated. Well, and, this, and rightfully so. And a list of what boys to look out for showed up on the bathroom stall, and this story goes into deep of like what all happened from this list, who got ended up getting added to this list, and how basically Diego was ostracized from his entire class in where cancel culture stops. It's Ex- Excuse me. It goes beyond. Class be damned. Community. Community. Diego couldn't even go to the drive-thru and get him a four for four without the person turning up their nose. But and the interesting thing about this as well and the one thing that I wanted to bring up when we were having this conversation, the cut, it feels like the cut is centering Diego as kind of like the victim in this moment mm-hmm. even though he had basically kind of a consequence to his actions of uh, in ways where they detailed him kind of going through this space of where his girlfriend was like he was awful to me he was wrong and then he decides to do this I'm done with it well they also kind of skip over it was like a hot skip they talked about how this list ended up becoming a list where um, Oakland High School uh, which is predominantly black African American boys they ended up getting attached also to this list of like being accused by white women and the cut didn't really dive deeper into 
this, but only talked about kind of like the nature of like, well, when is it going to be enough? Like, when is cancel culture enough here? And I thought this was a really interesting conversation because it really had people, um, especially you're just to set context here. Like I said, we're, we're dealing with high schoolers. So these folks are, like, young. It seems like the Internet has really encouraged folks to uh, to protest. And, and there was a protest. Yeah, it's a stand in their power, which is a beautiful thing. But when is enough enough uh, in in this case? I would love to know I feel like we everyone's need a 10-minute segment for this. This isn't fair. I, I mean, we can, we can take it over if we need to. My alma mater, uh, my high school staged a a walkout because they felt that people were not doing the administrators were not doing enough about this one boy who was accused multiple times of sexual harassment this just happened like two years ago by the way so the kids are empowered what I will say is I do not think cancel culture exists there's always always going to be people willing to give you redemption and it doesn't matter what people do. We see people, you know, with R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. There are people willing, Woody Allen, there are people willing to give second chances. That's what I will say. However, the earth sign in me wants to say, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Yeah. So Diego made a conscious decision to share this girl's nudes. His girlfriend, they weren't even broken up. I don't know what the trigger point was for this. Not that that matters, but he shared the nudes and now he has to deal with the consequences and there's no cap on that. That's what speaks to the cancel culture. It's not yeah. like your school turned on you for a month and we'll talk to you on the first. Yeah, like, no, they, they are going to do what they want to do. Stop talking to him. He fell into a deep depression. His mother and his parents has gotten have gotten involved there. There was title speaking of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. There was Title IX conversations happening in this moment. I wondered though the the thing that jumped out for me in the list that you named just a few seconds ago when you were talking about kind of these people and cancel culture not existing is those were all kind of like grown men according to yeah. society. Yeah. I wonder when you're dealing in high school, and this is not to to play devil's advocate or you know lean into Diego being a victim because he tried but, it and but i do wonder him being a, a, a kid where is there enough any grace and space where we have to look at how we look as a culture about cancer culture and how we're kind of like informing like now this entire community of like kids and like even people around the community <laughs> being like nope diego is wrong diego he can't lost he, he's job. a sexual i mean he was deemed a sexual abuser yeah. and a rapist i will also say teenagers do do dumb things yes even me the Jocelle, made tons of dumb dumb decisions as you want to talk about it here right now that's another show for another day <laughs> however you know i i do think that it is it is interesting, especially given this current climate, because I am so grateful that I was given the grace of not having a real digital footprint when I was I, a teenager. Yes. Because I yeah. know that Char's Twitter at 16 would have gotten me like, I, I know the girl that I was at 16 uh-huh. and yeah. what I what I was thinking. And I went so, back and deleted, like, you know, when people were especially <laughs> going back in that, especially yeah. when it was really intense, I went back and was like, let me just make sure. Luckily, yeah. it wasn't a whole bunch, but there was some things. Same here. Same. That I had to, I was like, you know but what? Don't get me caught up. Imagine if 15-year-old Ryan was on Twitter. Yeah. So I think that this speaks to like, it's the the stakes are even higher nowadays because your digital footprint from, from here on out, did they use his real name or is this a pseudonym? I think it's a pseudonym. Because he's underage. Yes. So he'll be okay. Had he been 18 though, I... I but yeah. this story is pretty big at this point and I think the way the also the internet is set up, you will be able to they find this town. Him. You will be able to find this school, which 
sucks because I wonder, you're talking about digital footprint, could this follow him beyond high school? Will he be able, will he be known as the person that had the situation? It depends on who is telling the story because there are people who are going to be willing to give him redemption. I also want to speak to Pretty Privilege because I imagine that the girl, the real victim in this story, had to be, you know, the baddest walk in the land because we know how people who are not deemed conventionally attractive or popular in high school would have been treated in any other instance. And the fact that her student body prioritized this and really just got him up out of here essentially <laughs> like she has to be I don't know the Topanga of, of the boy meets world I do have to say as a parent like I, I mean I'm not a parent but as a probably say, a parent wait a minute <laughs> you got kids as a parent I could only imagine like it would be hard to watch your child oh of course make that mistake even and as then, an like, administrator being, uh, yeah I mean and then being completely ostracized because even the vice principal and the principals of the school were like well we can't stop the kids from no. whispering in the class when Diego <laughs> enters and we also can't force the kids to talk to your kid but so how you gotta do you write this out? How do you find ways to 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 make sure that Diego's taken care of, but also making sure that the culture changes within the school because also the school has an opportunity, has a, a, a responsibility of protecting all their students. I don't like that the cut didn't address how the victim is being taken care of in this. Like yeah. everybody, and and you know this will be my final note. In society, the men that I rattled off at the top of this segment, they could easily be discarded. But when you're in a school, the administrator's job is to uh, work for the benefit of the entire student body, and that includes Diego making this dumb mistake. So well, they, we should have brought your mom on as we a former should, principal. We should have. We, we wow, should, we I just thought about should that. Should have had my mother on and asked her how she would have handled this. I mean, we could call her and bring her up on the next break. <laughs> you want it? Well, I'm gonna see if she's free. All right. Okay. Well, we got more show coming up next. We'll see. But if we don't, we have other things to talk about. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so Beyonce said to quit your job. And guess what? People did quit their job. Mm. And I don't know whether to um, continue to be motivated by Beyonce or um, be like, wow, I, I hate that she said that because did that just set her up to be like, accountable for people's lives. No, 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 no. Y'all not about to throw that on Beyonce Giselle. Oprah said she was never eating hamburgers (laughs) ever again and got sued by the entire meat industry. And that's when she What could happen to Beyonce? And that's when Oprah met who? Stedman. No. Oh, no, she had been with Stedman. That's when she met Dr. Phil McGraw. Oh, Dr. Phil, that's right. That's right. The trial was in Texas and they were trying to get her up out of here. That's right. That's right. Nevertheless, Beyonce. So she said, let me bring a white man with a Texan accent. uh, Yeah, come on over here and talk for (laughs) me. So I can win you over. (laughs) Uh, So what I will say about this is Beyonce, in the first verse of the new song, says that she says, I just quit my job. So should we 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 play a little bit? Let me finish my point. Because she said, I, that is an I statement. Beyonce never said, you should quit your job. And then Frida, part says of big, what? Part of Big Frida's chant says, "Release, Release your, job. your job." Now, however, now some of you all are going to, however, comma, some of you all are going to roll your eyes when I say this. Release can have multiple different interpretations. No, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm, I'm Team Shar on this <laughs> it right does now. It not have to be literal. I don't think what she said when when they were talking about the idea of like releasing it, it's like releasing the stresses that come with yeah. it. Not like releasing <laughs> it because no one wants you to be out here broke and poor and like especially, not having a livelihood in the middle of inflation. Especially Beyonce because how are you going to afford her tour tickets? That part. And Beyonce shouldn't be telling nobody to quit anything because she is like the richest woman ever. Yeah, and she didn't quit that marriage like I wanted her oh, to. Oh, wow. 
Oh, sorry. Wow. Sorry, sorry, Queen. I'm still high. <laughs> I'm still high. Sorry, that's a little trauma. Okay, that's a little That's a little of my own self-imposed wow. trauma. You know, earth signs and fire signs. Uh, earth signs love fire signs to hell and back. And so that's just a reflection. You know I'm an earth sign and I love, romantically, I'm drawn to fire signs. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> nevertheless. Wow. Nevertheless, I think yeah. that people are being ridiculous. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think sometimes when you when you need to um, get rid of some things, I think the pandemic. My thing was it was really interesting because this uh, this uh, album and or that this song specifically, she said people needed new energy. People needed so, to feel good again. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that this song came out and said these lyrics because there was a great resignation happening. Yeah, where people were already saying, "Guess what? COVID taught me that I don't want to deal with the same things I was dealing with before. Life is too short." It is, and so I think really she was kind of just narrating what she's what seeing and what the, the world tweets, is already kind of going through. What the tweets in the streets are saying, you know, we've had very nuanced conversations in this studio about how the the pandemic didn't really provide space for middle ground. It either brought you closer or things collapsed. And that's for everything. That's for your job, your partner or partners and friendships, et cetera, et cetera. You either grew closer or things just flat out collapsed. And I think that she's maybe speaking to these, to some of the Twitter topics that people talk about and some of the things that we see in the news. Well, are you ready to quit your job because Beyonce told you so? Um, I mean, oh no, I have a certain lifestyle I need to maintain. Honestly, same. I would never do it. I couldn't do it. Not without a game plan. And not without Beyonce hiring me, maybe. I mean, honestly. Yeah, give me solutions. Don't just tell me to quit my job. Give me solutions to to me quitting my job. Let's call Mama Tina and see what she has to say. (laughs) We have more show coming up next. Top of the hour news. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back, and honey, we were most definitely jamming to telephone here right in the studio because how can you not? You know, that is Lady Gaga's least favorite song. Really? She hates that song. That was her idea. Wait, wasn't it supposed to go supposed to go to Britney first? I think there's a demo floating around with Britney singing it. I think it is a Britney song, but she she does not like She never liked that video either. I yeah. loved that she video. She, that, that's one of the songs that she like refuses to like really perform that. So when she does perform it, it's like a, a gift to the fans. Well, why not just do video phone? Because that's the one she did with Prune, the, Prune. that was Beyonce featuring her which yes. by the way those two those two promised us a part too and it's been over a decade and we remember at the end yeah. of the video they they grab each other's hands and ride off in the in the pee wagon into the well, sunset I don't is it video phone the part too I don't think so. I think video didn't video phone come out first? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, okay, here's what's coming up this hour. We're talking to Gabby Dunn, who is a New York Times bestselling author, and they are talking to us about financial literacy for queer folks, which is so important. Then we're talking about uh, to Richard <laughs> Fowler. Um, and uh, Richard is talking to us about President Biden trying to lower gas prices and actually, will he even achieve that? I don't know. I really don't. But President Biden has high hopes. So why not us having high hopes? Right? I mean, with the sound of that, that's not happening. So let's go into top of the hour news. All right. Let's do it. So today, the Supreme Court struck down a New York gun law that places restrictions on carrying a concealed gun outside the home in a 6-3 decision. This is the widest expansion of gun rights in a decade. President Biden, um, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and New York... What? What did I say? Nothing. Oh, I thought I said... I thought I said did I say... What did I say? What did I say wrong? No, just keep going. Keep going with the no, story. No, but I, like, I need to know what I said wrong. It's just you're so congested <laughs> that you said... The widest, and I heard the widest. widest. That's why I looked over at you like, wait, this is the what? 
That's, That's actually really funny. Please, thank you for that. Here's, however, what uh, Governor Hochul, um, uh, Kathy Hochul, had to say. Here's a clip. I'm prepared to call the legislature back into session to deal with this. We've been in contact with the leadership. We're just looking at dates. Everyone wants a little bit of time to digest this. But I will say we are not powerless in this situation. We're not going to cede our rights that easily, despite the best efforts of the politicized Supreme Court of the United States of America. I'm sorry this dark day has come. They were supposed to go back to what was in place since 1788 when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they invaded. All right, so, um, yeah, that's that for the top of the hour news. Um, I do want to give it to you for Tea Report, but we really don't even have time. So give mm. a tease and throw it to the website. All right, well, you want to go to... WeAreChannelQ.com. Yes, because Justin Timberlake, if you saw the most recent viral video, you'll understand why he's apologizing. That, that's my oh, tease. My also, someone said that he looks like a Kohl's coupon. Come, come to, to life. life. That was that the was funniest. Hilarious. Because it's so true. <laughs> And my favorite critique was that America tried to ruin Janet Jackson for this man. It's really bad. That's my tease. Visit the site if you want to know more. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Honey, it is time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for the what? Yes, queen. This is where we give big props and shout outs to just amazing people doing incredible things for the community. And also just in the world. Because sometimes we need a little good news to, to get us out of the darkness that this world is putting us in. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, this one goes to Allison Felix. She's an 11-time Olympic medalist and mom to three year to a three-year-old daughter, Cameron. She's providing free child uh, care for athletes, coaches, and staff for select track and field events this year. Starting with the championships in Eugene, which kick off on Thursday, um, uh, Allison is offering the child care in partnership with her, her sponsor, Athleta. Athleta? Probably yeah, that's probably it's it. It's Athleta. I like Athleta. That's because you country. <laughs> and, and Mother, a nonprofit organization for which she uh, serves on the board of directors. Um, she's described the cost of child care as, quote, one of the main obstacles faced by athletes yeah. who are also moms. Um, Allison went on to launch her own shoe and lifestyle brand, which she has made mother friendly. It's named Sage. And I think actually it's Athleta because athletics, that sounds like, a, don't you have an Aunt Athleta? Antha. Nevertheless, I love this because you know what? I always see people complaining about the cost, the rising cost of child care. That is one of the best forms of birth control is when you see how much child care costs. Yeah, like, if you want to tra- if you want to try it out, get a dog and you'll find out it's just kind of not worth it. Are you calling are you saying that children and, and dogs are one and the same honestly they i mean my dog i mean literally they but my small no, was, dogs have the same brain compa- no. like of a four-year-old toddler i was just trying to spark some backlash for you you know people love writing essays if they were going to drag um, me they were going to drag me way before but no that. i agree because uh, dogs do have a, a certain level of responsibility and routine but this is yeah. great allison felix shout out to her all right that's our what yeah Yes, Queen. Thank you so much. Uh, that And that is it for our show today. What a wonderful show it's been. Full of hiccups, full of fun news, and I hope you learned something. Um, and Cheryl will allegedly be back tomorrow. 
That's exciting. Please. I don't know why Char... I feel like the drinking game is, if you have heard Char say that, just drink every time you hear it. Drink responsibly, though. Say what? Tomorrow's a fun show, though. Ale- the word? Oh, allegedly? Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow's a fun show. Producer Shelby, what's coming up next uh, tomorrow? We have a very special guest. We have Greg Mathis Jr. joining us. Which, can I say? That's my boo. He likes mm-hmm. like four of my pictures, but did not follow me. Uh, really? Bringing this up tomorrow. Oh, you better. I'm going to drag That's, him yeah. tomorrow. Well, yeah, he's, I I love Greg. I met him um, a few months ago, him he's and his partner. He's a homosexual. Yeah. Yes, he's great. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about coming out and the new show, and it'll be a lot of fun. Which is Mathis Family Matters. Yes. On, on the E! Network, Sunday mm-hmm. nights. All right, well, that's it for us. Uh, honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful rest of the day. And I love us for real. And uh, stick around for Love Line because Dr. Chris is going to get you together and give you everything you need to know. Bye. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.